Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. It's all happened because of him, and I know that there's no way possible that I could have done it myself because I tried to do it myself for a long time. Um, and so it's just been, you know, God revealing that over and over and over to me. And, um, you know, just incredible blessings is, is uh, you know, what I have to be thankful for now. We're joined today by Sean B. He is a former children's pastor and youth leader turned Christian pop singer and songwriter. He recently released his first single, Step Into My Story, which is the anthem that chronicles his journey of surrender, offering encouragement for all who struggle. Now, what was that struggle for Sean B.? Well, he struggled with pride. How did he manage to get around that and become the person that he is today? He's going to share that powerful testimony with us today on Connections. Sean B. is our guest today. He is a pop singer and songwriter. Sean, you've got a great backstory that I want to get to uh, later on in the interview. But first of all, I was caught checking out your music and your first single, Step Into My Story. And the very first line, before you get into the song, kind of really caught me. And I wanted to hear more about it. You say, we didn't come this far just to come this far. Tell me about that thought and idea and what you mean about that. Yes. Okay, that's awesome. So you're starting off with my favorite part of the song. Nice. Um, that's, uh, so that song is is a declaration of purpose, um, but not just like in purpose for ourselves, but it's in God's purpose for us. And so, you know, when we say we didn't come this far just to come this far, you know, when we talk about purpose and hope and all that, we always think forward and, you know, to a future that God has for us, which is amazing because God has an incredible future for us. But I also want that to symbolize what God can do with our past and the things that we've been through and even the mistakes that we've made, the things that we're not proud of. Um, you know, when we have Jesus step into our story, he does something incredible in that he repurposes our past and allows us to use our lessons to, you know, possibly save somebody else who's about to go through that same situation. We can use our story and what God's done for us through our story to be able to, you know, help make their story just a little bit easier. You know, if we can save one bad decision or if we can help guide them through one stormy season, that's something that, you know, is then our past mistakes being repurposed and used for God's glory because we can say, hey, I went through that. This is where I was. Now this is where I am because of God. Let me share this with you so you don't have to be where I was. And so when we say we didn't come this far just to come this far, it's a declaration that even the terrible things, even our biggest disappointments, our biggest failures, you know, all of that, even those things serve a purpose when you have God in your life. And so it's not just about a purpose for your future, but it's also giving purpose to your past as well. Speaking of your past, Sean, you um, mentioned, you know, the importance of uh, using your past to help others. Um, did you add something similar, like in your own faith life and people coming alongside you to mentor you and uh, help you kind of navigate and maybe miss making those bad decisions? So for me, that's kind of a, it's a tricky answer to that because, you know, I, so I grew up, my family, um, all in church and my grandpa's actually a pastor. And so I always had kind of that, uh, you know, that faith, those guidelines to walk by and everything. Um, what I was missing, especially in my teenage years, was that extra kind of mentor to come alongside. And, you know, especially when you're a teenager, there's a difference between your family and a mentor. And there's just some things that you would feel more comfortable talking to like a mentor about than opening up to your family. 
And I think that, you know, in those in those crucial years, a person needs both. And what I felt that I was missing in those years was that mentor side. And so for me, I did have to learn some things the hard way just about, um, you know, I, I picked up kind of a, you know, a prideful mentality in my early teen years, um, you know, and I, I just kind of that was something that I had to struggle with that I had to fight that would get me into trouble sometimes. And, um, you know, I ended up, you know, I would hurt myself through it. I would hurt other people through it. And it was just not it was an unhealthy mentality to carry. And so for me, I had to learn how to break that the hard way. And so the big thing for me now is the importance of, and, and we can maybe touch on this later, is I, I went into next-gen ministry, um, you know, as a children's pastor and a youth leader for a season. And the biggest piece of that for me was wanting to be that person that I felt that I would have, you know, benefited from the person that I felt that I needed. Um, so now, you know, once I got out of that stage in my life that I was struggling, I wanted to turn around and, you know, help somebody to avoid the same things that I had went through because I knew how much I would have loved to have somebody do that for me. What's interesting, though, too, is before that prideful time in your life, you were involved in children's ministry. You started super duper young when you were like 13 years old. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that leading up to that prideful time in your life. Yeah. So, so it was great. Like I said, I, I had always grown up in church and it was one morning, it was, uh, you know, it's summertime and, you know, I'm kind of that uh, middle school, early high school time. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sleeping. We're living at, we're living with my grandparents at the time. And my grandpa just, he knocks on the door and he says, Hey grandson, what are you doing today? I said, uh, no, it's like seven in the morning. I'm sleeping. And he's like, okay, no plans. So, uh, get dressed. You're going to come help me lead vacation Bible school today. And, um, you know, in, in the church, we call that being voluntold. And yeah. so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I got up, I got dressed and, and I, uh, you know, went to help vacation Bible school. And, you know, I had just been a part as, you know, as an attendee of vacation Bible school, you know, the year before um, the, the age cutoff was like 11. And so it was a couple years before. And I'm, I'm thinking like, man, I'm too old for this. I don't want to be a part of this and for kids. And but that really that was my first experience in being on the leadership side and what that did just kind of in that week that VBS happened was it kind of opened my eyes to see, man, Sean, not every kid grew up like you did. Um, you know, not every kid knew about what God's done in their life. Not every kid had a family that was Christ centered and, you know, was trying to raise their children in that way. It's it's definitely a special situation. And so it opened my eyes up to see like there are you know, there's a whole other generation. There's like kids younger than you that need to hear this message, that need to know that God loves them, that need to know how to make decisions in, you know, in faith and in obedience to God. And um, so that was kind of the first perspective shift that I had of like, okay, cool. So, you know, there are different lives out there. There are different upbringings. And, you know, I, I want to be a part of helping them find the thing that I was blessed to grow up in. Now, it took you a few extra years to get there. But like you said, you got involved with the next gen. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, yeah, it did. It did take me a few extra years and you know, I took a couple years off. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, when I when I got back into next gen, I was probably about 19 uh, ish. And um, that's when I started to kind of come back around 
get more involved. And, you know, eventually over the years, I was uh, blessed to be a children's pastor. And that was really, really cool because it was just kind of, you know, coming out of this season of my life where I was like, I got to get away, you know, I got to get away from this mentality. I got to stop this. And and it was just a lot of like self-checking, a lot of brutal honesty and just kind of you know, dealing with the tough situations that you don't want to deal with, but you know that you have to. And a big push for that was when I felt the call to get into ministry like that. I was like, in my head, what was going through my mind was, okay, if you're going to be trusted by the parents, by the church, by the kids, if you're going to be trusted to lead this generation, you need to act like someone that this generation should follow. And, you know, so again, going back to a lot of self-checking, you just being that role model that you can be proud to say, like, you know, if a kid said, I want to be like you, would you be, you know, would you feel comfortable with the kid saying that? Or would you feel kind of guilty because like, yeah, ah, you don't really want to be like me, you know? Um, and so it was just kind of that like life turnaround where it was like, I want to help this next generation. I want to be somebody that they can look up to. And I want to honestly be someone that they can look up to. And so that responsibility really played a huge piece in just me, you know, focusing up, making sure that my life from, you know, from start to finish was just centered around God and, you know, living the kind of life that if one of my kids saw me outside of church, would I still be happy to see them or would I be like mm. ducking and trying to hide from them, you know? <laughs> um. So... How do you go from children's and young adults pastor to Christian pop, uh, uh, Christian pop star? Because <laughs> I've been a pastor, but I have uh, not made it to uh, that stage of my career yet. So, <laughs> oh man, by by the the grace and uh, goodness of God for sure. <laughs> um, so music had always been something that I wanted to do, um, even from early stages, you know, when I was a kid, I loved worship in the church. And we had, you know, that real gospel jump around, just, you know, crazy cool worship like that. And so it always just brought me, you know, joy. And then as I was growing up, you know, I'd listen to guys like uh, Toby Mac, who had kind of that cool pop worship crossover feel to them. Um, Family Force 5 was another group I was a huge oh, nice. fan of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so... Um, it had always kind of stuck with me and played a part in my life. And I worked at it for a very long time. I think, you know, every, it started when I was in high school and every high school guy wants to be a rapper. You know, that's, <laughs> I think that's just a, a rite of passage when you're growing up, <laughs> um, you know? And so I, I started, I started in, in hip hop. And as I started to do music more, it was like, I, I, think I have more fun doing the pop stuff. And so the hip hop just kind of continued and I was trying to, you know, get more opportunities, reach out to to more people and, you know, to do different things and all that. But it just kind of never seemed to work out. Um, I got myself in just some bad business deals and, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, well, maybe you just need to accept this isn't for you and you need to do something else. But it was funny because every time I started to kind of think that way, um, you know, God would just give me a little pat on the back and like something really cool would happen that would get me excited again. Like, okay, this is going to be really cool. Like, I, And so he just always kind of seemed to revive 
the spark that I had for it and um, just kind of the drive that I wanted to put into it. And so it was a long, long time of working super hard to, you know, get to that position. And then finally, it was just kind of a, a toss up of saying, all right, God, I've done all that I can do. This is out of my hands now. If this is what you want from me, then, you know, will you show it to me? And so when I moved out to Nashville, it was something really cool because my my big prayer, I was I was coming out to Nashville to, you know, per- see if I wanted to move out to really pursue music because I had come to a point where I was like, all right, it's going to be all or nothing at this point. Like we either need to dive all in or it's not going to happen. And so my prayer coming out to Nashville when I came out to visit was just, God, you know, you know, the desire of my heart. And I believe that this desire is from you because if it wasn't, I would have stopped a long time ago. Um, There's no way I would have the endurance to go through what I've gone through and keep pushing for this. And so my big prayer, and this is the first time I had ever prayed this, and this is, was kind of like a, you know, just kind of a surrender prayer. It was like, if I'm not ready for the things that I'm praying for, then don't give them to me, but show me how to be ready. And that was something that I really had to, you know, pray hard is just show me how to be ready. If I'm not ready for it, show me how to be ready. And God really worked on me in that season, just, um, you know, from, showing me how to appreciate what was in front of me and showing me how to, you know, be present and in the moment and, you know, just continuing to grow my work ethic of not only working hard on the things that I think are going to benefit me, but working hard in any situation that I'm in. And so, you know, giving a hundred percent to the church, to the ministry, to the, my family, to everybody is like, you know, basically goes back to being a steward, take care of what I'm giving you right now And, you know, then I will decide when you're ready for it. Mm -hmm. And that was just kind of what what I felt God continued to tell me. It was like, you know, love what love what you have right now as much as you love what you want. (laughs) And um, and so once I started to, you know, kind of lean into that more, I really felt like, okay, so these these are the things that you're trying to show me. These are the things that you're trying to open up my eyes to. And, um, you know, once that had crossed over it was just kind of like this flood, just God continued to open door after door after door. And it was another one of those cool things. You know, it, um, it brings me back to, you know, where the Bible says it's, it's by grace you have been saved, not by your own works and no man can boast. And, um, God, I truly believe that God, everything that God does for us, he does so that we know that it's him. (laughs) You know, so I love, I love where it says, you know, so that no man can boast. It's like, Everything that's happened, you know, since I took that leap of faith, it's all happened because of him. And I know that there's no way possible that I could have done it myself because I tried to do it myself for a long time. Um, And so it's just been, you know, God revealing that over and over and over to me. And, um, you know, just incredible blessings is, is, uh, you know, what I have to be thankful for now. Uh, get a pen quick. I've got a new song title for you. Can't boast. There you go. Can't boast. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I was going to ask like what you've learned over the years about following God's call on your life and being obedient to that. But really you answered that and that can really be a struggle for people though. I think in the midst of having that dream, that's not coming to fruition, right? Like it can be very yes. easy to just give up, can't it? It It is incredibly discouraging. 
Um, mm. I can't tell you the amount of emails I have in my inbox that says, hey, Sean, thanks for reaching out. We're not really interested or we're not really looking or we're not you know, open to that. Like the amounts of, of shots that I had taken and, you know, got shut down on is is pretty wild. And um, yeah, it's it's crazy to, you know, to look back and say, like, wow, yeah, I went through that and I went through that. And, you know, this this business still flopped and this one flopped. And um, the fact that I still wanted to work hard after that that I mean, that's that's got 100 percent, you know, because there's no way that I would have wanted to keep doing that. No way. Now, let's go back to your single, your debut single, Step Into My Story. We talked a little bit about it at the very beginning of this interview. Tell us a little bit about that song and why you decided to put that song together. Yeah, so that was a really, really special song. Um, So it was actually the first song that I wrote when I got out to Tennessee and it was with an awesome writer. His name's Tony Wood. Um, he's great, accomplished, written a lot of number ones over his career. And when my team at We Rock said that they were trying to get me set up to do a co-write with him, I was like, yeah, that would be really cool. But in my mind, I'm thinking like, you know, this dude's super accomplished. He probably doesn't want anything to do with like the new guy in town. Um, you know, I, I don't think he would go for it, but, you know, somehow he, he saw it in his heart. He went for it and he came in for the co-write and um, he was just an awesome guy, super humble and just, you know, ready to work. And, you know, honestly, through him, I felt like coming in for the co-write, he wasn't there to work, but he really like had had like a, a servant's heart about it. Like he was there to serve. And it was really cool to see. Um, for that to be my first co-write and my first exposure to like other writers out here is like, okay, cool. That's the example that I need to learn from. And that's what I want to take into rights that I go do now is, you know, I, I don't want to show up to work. I want to show up to serve. And I learned so much from him about, you know, just writing and how to carry yourself in the right and all of that. And, um, we put this song together and what we wanted to talk about was kind of, that story and and that journey of trying to do it your way for a very long time and, you know, running your head into the wall thinking that this time it's going to be different, this time it's going to be different, but, you know, continuing to try to do it on your own power. And what we wanted to bring light to was that it's never going to work on your own power. It has to be under God's will, under God's plan, um, because when we give our life to God, that means that we have to, you know, live our life for God and not do it for ourselves in the way that we want. And so it's, you know, it's a song of surrender to God's plan and it's a declaration of belief in his purpose. And uh, we really wanted that message to come through uh, super clear. And it was a very personal song to me as well. And so we were like, yeah, this is, this has got to be the song. How has this journey been for you? The journey from when you first were like, Hey, you know, I want to get into music to now being in the Christian music industry. Has it been what you expected? And now that you're in it, has it been what you expected? Man, this journey has not been at all what I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I say that in in a good way, in really the best possible way. Um, I had a list of things that I hoped would happen and, and prayers. And, you know, God has done incredibly far beyond that. Um, I, I always love to, you know, reference back to the verse that says, glory to God, who's able to do immeasurably more through his mighty power at work within us. Um, and in this season, that verse could not be more relevant is, 
you know, I, I had what I prayed for. I had what I had hoped for. But above all, like I said earlier, I, I gave it to God and said, hey, OK, this is you know what I want. Um, you know, do what you want in my life. And, you know, if I'm not ready for that, then prepare me and show me how to be ready for that. And, you know, since I've continued to have that mentality, it's crazy, you know, what has been happening is far beyond what I could expect. And there's, you know, there's some awesome things that we have locked in that we're not able to share and talk about yet. But when I found out that those things were locked in, I was just like blown away. I I just couldn't even believe, you know, if you would have told me nine months ago when we moved out here that today, you know, I would be on this interview with you guys talking about some exciting things that are coming up and all of that. I would be like, yeah, yeah, that, that'd be cool. That's the prayer. Um, <laughs> so, so, you know, it, it's one thing to think on those things. And then now to be in this position of like, I feel like I still haven't fully grasped like what God's done yet. You know, it, it's That's just awesome. like, whoa, like this is, this is happening. This is really cool. And now it's funny because it shifts from something of like, oh, one day this would be cool. I would love to do this to something of, you know, I know that this is going to happen. You know, we, we've set this and there's dates set and all that. And now it's a waiting game of like, Oh my gosh, that time can't come fast enough. Like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Um, but again, I go back to, I go back to the original lesson of just love what you have right now, love what's in front of you and, you know, and live and serve your best in the moment and, you know, just be prepared for everything that God's going to come bring your way. Yeah. I actually wrote that quote down. Love, love what you have right now as much as you love what you want. I think that's really profound and um, can help out a lot of people. And I wanted to ask next, as my closing question, what's next for you? But you just told us there's big things, but you can't tell us yet. So yes. even better then, how do we follow along with you? How do we find your music and keep in touch with you and see what's going on so that when you can tell us about the big news, we see it right away? Yeah, yeah. So um, all the social platforms are at Sean B. Official. And um, and then also my website is Sean B. Music. And so if you jump on, you know, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all of, you know, all those platforms, you can keep up that there are a lot of really cool announcements. October is going to be a huge month as far as announcements go. Um, and so there will, there's probably three or four really, really exciting ones that we're sitting on right now. Um, so definitely, you know, jump on the pages, whatever your favorite platform is do that because that's, you know, we got cool announcement videos planned out and stuff like that, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And then as far as songs, uh, we're, you know, we're everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, all the, all the streaming platforms. If you search Sean B, it'll, uh, come up and, uh, yeah, just, uh, definitely all of that, uh, you know, the following and the engagement, everything. I, I love that. I love the interaction. And so, you know, people, you know, reach out and just kind of message me and I, I always message back and all that, whether it's, you know, people giving giving feedback or some artists wondering, like, you know, hey, you you're doing this independently. Do you have any advice for me? Because I'm also doing this independently. Like, I, I love to kind of just pass down some of the lessons that I learned and stuff like that. And so, I love to engage. I love to interact. And so, social media is a great window and you know opportunity to do that. Thank you so much for making time for us. We're very excited to hear what you've got going on coming up in the future. Thank you guys for having me. This is awesome. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.